Welcome back to White Passing with me, Allie Jewell, and Jillian McKinney, the ethnic studies teacher here at Granite Bay High. What weight does a name have? For many, a name is nothing more than that. A name, but for some, a name represents a struggle between past and present. A struggle between one's history and what one's parents hoped for their future. The common practice of assimilation by immigrants to the United States presents itself in the decision to stray from culture in order to try and provide one's children with the characteristics believed to be necessary to fit into American society, including a name that is found to be more common and easy to pronounce here. But what is lost from this? A connection to culture? A pride in culture? What's gained? In today's episode, we discuss how names have affected not only our ties to our culture, but also why it's seen as a common necessity for children born in America to reflect what's believed to be American commonalities. That and more in this episode of White Passing. She was born in China. She's completely Chinese, but she's been raised by a white family. You know, she doesn't have any connections to the Chinese culture. So I think that's also interesting, too. Like, I feel like that's a whole kind of different way of hovering between like two cultures, you know? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And you've you have to do a lot of work in order to number one, keep your culture or even celebrate all of the cultures that are in your home. Um, And then in that circumstance, I can see that that would be incredibly difficult to do. Um, And then maybe her not even feeling like she has a connection to her Chinese culture. I think that that's something that happens with a lot of kids who are either in the foster uh, or the adoption system where they, they grow up in a home that doesn't necessarily reflect their ethnicity or their culture, mm-hmm. um, as they grow up. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's a, especially in the United States, because you have so many different cultures living and so many different ethnicities living in one space mm-hmm. yet really, they're not always living in the same space. We know that mm-hmm. due to specific, um, you know, procedures and specific policies, a lot of people really don't live outside the pockets of their own ethnicities. Um, Even in Sacramento, right? We Mm -hmm. see this like suburbs look predominantly white. um, And that was done very much for a reason due to redlining and the real estate market. Um, And then you'll see other pockets where people tend to stay within their ethnic groups um, for a lot of different reasons. I feel like it's also so interesting how like a name I feel like has a lot of influence on how you claim your culture because, you know, my name, Allie Jewell, that sounds very not Hispanic, you know, but I, I was talking to a friend about in her family, she's, she's Muslim 
And one of her cousins is deciding to name their kid like the first name in their family that isn't going to be like a Arabic name and kind of just talking about like your name has so much influence on how you see your own culture because if you are if you have like an Arabic name or a Hispanic name you need to like accept that cuz it's something that people are going to read on a paper and they're going to most of the time kind of be able to tell and i think that's yeah. so interesting you know yeah my name does not reflect my culture in you know any way mm-hmm. um uh yeah so and, and really <laughs> none of our names um specifically like when i think into my cousins like my siblings none of us have culturally relevant like culturally exclusive names mm-hmm. or ethnically exclusive names um but like my my cousins do, like I have a cousin Hector, um, I have you know a cousin Robert, who which could go either way. Um, my grandparents' names are Jesus and Guadalupe. Um, my uncles' names are Hector and and um, Jesus. But then my you know we talked before. My mom's name is Susan, and my auntie's name is Sandra. So like. It was it was really interesting that they kept that cultural tie to the boys, but not necessarily to the girls in the family. And so I think you're right, because when we think about how to name our our children and, you know, what goes into a name, um, like if my name would have been, you know, something more ethnically driven. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I would have chosen like to keep my middle name as my mom's surname. So like if Vargas was in my name at some point, people may like see that name and go, okay, wow. Okay. Maybe. And then maybe even if I spoke Spanish, right, that would really Mm -hmm. be a different qualifier. Um, But I don't. (laughs) And, um, and so, yeah, I mean, you really, from the outside, there is no distinction as I walk through life, because people's people are only judging depending on what they hear and what they see. And so, you know, this idea of um, monoracial people, people that come and that they are completely identifiable by their culture and their ethnicity. Um, that's not something that mixed race people do. Mixed race people don't actually go through life. Well, at least in my experience, don't go through life identifying people that way because we don't want to be identified that way because right. uh, ultimately um, we want people just to listen to us and go, Hey, this is where I come from and this is who I am. And then have people believe you rather than <laughs> question you and go, wait, no, 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 that doesn't make any sense. Your name's Jillian McKinney. Like how can that even be possible? Mm-hmm. I don't understand. <laughs> um, or, you know, like predominantly when I'm standing next to my mom, I mean, we look so much alike, and yet it is so mind-blowing to people for them to even consider that she's my mother mm-hmm. because she's so much darker than I am. Um, so I just think that it's really it's, – it is. It's an interesting thing how, like, as a mixed-race person, you really do go through life – and I don't speak for all mixed-race people, but yeah, yeah. in talking to so many different mixed people of mixed-race descent – you, you start going, oh, well, I don't make those judgments right off because I don't want people to judge me in that same way. Right, yeah. Um, the thing you spoke on about your uncles having Hispanic names and, like, your mom and your aunt not, I think that's really interesting. Why, why specifically do you think they made that decision? You 
know, it, it can only be a speculation at this point because right. um, my grandmother and grandfather are past. Mm -hmm. um, but in Latinx culture, sometimes we see the ideal man as being machismo and being a man's man. And that's just sort of the idealism of that culture, not of everybody. But um, in traditional settings, that's the way that it is. Mm -hmm. And so I'm not sure if it was just part of that that fed into the naming. Um, I have my own idea of why I think it happened. Um, and mm -hmm. I have some evidence that sort of in conversations with my grandmother before she passed, sort of talking about her daughters and wanting her daughters to marry white men. Mm -hmm. uh, and so... It's much easier, I think, to marry white men if you um, identify more as an American rather than as a, Lat a Latina woman. Mm -hmm. um, and those were the terms that they they use. We're now using Latinx, but you know, uh, growing up, we heard you know there was only distinction between Latinos and Latinas. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, so I think that that's po that's probable. And it's interesting. Both of my both my mom and my aunt both married white men. And both my uncles married Mexican women. My mom, she has a, a Hispanic name. It's Enadina. And I just know that she does not like, <laughs> she does not like having like a Hispanic name, mostly because it's difficult to pronounce. Like she always gets like Enidina and stuff like that. But I know that for her, she kind of wishes she had a, more white sounding name because she feels like it would have made her life so much easier, you know? Well, the truth is, is that it probably would have made her life easier, specifically yeah. in regards to like even jobs, because we know that there are implicit biases um, that play a role in how people perceive names. And if they have a more ethnically sounding name, then they're less likely, even if they had the same exact resume and the same exact qualifications, they're more likely to be discounted than they are to have a name that is more white sounding. And that's our episode for this week. I hope you enjoyed it. And please be on the lookout for next week's episode of White Passing. I hope you have a great day. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen and adios.